Hey there, welcome to Horizon at Home. My name's Chris and I'm one of the pastors of Horizon Church and we are so glad that you're joining us today for this message. We're finishing off a message series called Fruit of the Spirit. And over the last few weeks, we've been talking about how the Holy Spirit works in our lives and through our lives to shine light and ignite change. And one of the coolest things about being a pastor, one of those moments where you just know that the Holy Spirit is there, it kind of gives you those goosebump moments is our, when we celebrate baptisms together. And last fall, as we were trying our first kind of gatherings together as a community during this COVID season, we were, we started to do baptisms outside and we were doing it at a new location. And there was just a lot of hiccups in the way that we, we had not quite expected when we started celebrating baptisms again last fall. And we were getting this big pool. We have this big kind of like horse trough pool. It's got some fancy wood on the outside, so it looks a lot better than just a horse trough itself. It's on wheels. Uh, but yeah, we're at this new location. We're, we've been worshiping uh, physically in a, in a church that's been closed for about two or three years. And um, so we, we, we pull up uh, our big horse trough off the trailer. We, we pull it down um, to the church there. Uh, we hook up our, our hoses. And I don't just uh, tell you like an, a fancy hose that I just bought it at Home Depot. Like I found a hose in this church that has been literally shut down um, for two or three years. And so I, I find it in a back storage closet and it, it is the grimiest hose I've ever seen. It has dirt caked onto it. It's like, you know, where, where you've cut off the hose with the weed whacker on accident and you've now like recapped it. It's got like both ends are like that. It is not the prettiest looking hose. But I go ahead because it's all I have at this point. And, and I hook up the hose to the hot water heater. Um, and I'll explain that here in a second too because that's been a rookie mistake as a pastor where we've used some cold water and some folks have had some unfortunately cold baptisms, but yet they've come out more alive because they've been fully awake after <laughs> that cold. So we were like, all right, we figured this out. We're gonna actually use some hot water in this big baptismal pool so it's not like that, <gasps> that shock when you hit the water quite as bad. But anyway, so we hook it up to the hot water here, this grimiest, hose and I, I open up the, the, the valve on the hot water heater and I'm like, all right, we've got it all figured out. We're gonna start filling up this pool and yet no water starts coming out of the hose. Because again, this is like the oldest, grimiest looking hose I could find. And it's all kinked up in a thousand different spots. Like literally I like get one spot of the hose kinked out and then I find another one. And then it feels like there's another one that's created further down the line. I don't know if you've ever had this problem, maybe dragging a hose around the yard to, to water the garden or, or wash a car, but you like, it just like, the, the kinks just keep coming, they come in. And finally, finally, probably after about 20 minutes of working through all of these kinks in the hose, I start getting some water flowing out the other side and it's no longer just a trickle, it's a nice stream. The water starts filling up the big uh, baptismal horse trough pool and we start getting some water in it, but maybe we've got about five, six inches of water in this in this pool, and I start realizing the water's really dirty now. After all that trouble, I now have five or six inches of warm water that is really dirty. I had not quite thought through that now using this kinked up grimy hose, plus on top of it, a hot water heater that had sat there for about two or three years is now, now filling up my pool with really filthy, dirty water. And it was the most stressful process because this was going to be this great moment of like, like the Holy Spirit was going to be here. And I was just like, man, I've now used the most kinked up hose and, and filling this pool with the grimiest, dirtiest water. And I'm like, man, what a symbol for how so much of our lives are spent. Don't, right? We spend so much of our lives kinked up on things. 
and we cook our, our water hoses up to the wrong things that aren't filling us with the kind of life that we want in ourselves. And so today, we're going to keep going with this series of talking about the Holy Spirit, what the Holy Spirit does in our lives and how it guides and empowers us. And where those moments of, of interference, where those moments of, of having kinks, of getting unclean water are within our lives and what we can do about them. Those are the, the two things that we're going to talk about today, how the Holy Spirit guides us and empowers us in those moments. And so I, I just want to tell you a little bit about what the Holy Spirit does in our lives. In John chapter 16, verse 13, it tells us that when the Holy Spirit comes, he will guide you in all truth. He won't speak on his own, but will say whatever he hears and will claim to you what is to come. The Holy Spirit is our guide in life. The Holy Spirit is our guide. One of the things that you should know about me is I absolutely love to go fishing. I love to go fishing. I think it's an incredibly fun thing to do. But there are also two things that you should know about me about when it comes to fishing. I don't like to actually eat the fish is number one. I hate the smell of fish. I don't want to eat it. I don't want to touch it. Like, I, But I love to go fishing. And two is I don't know anything there is actually to do about fishing. In my own life, if I was to go fishing, I would need a guide to take me out. Um, and I've had this experience uh, several times in my life, whether it, it was a, a great friend that was willing to take me out on his boat, um, or if it was like, you know, Eric and I have gone out uh, deep sea fishing with a guide, and uh, we've paid for those kinds of experiences, and it's been a ton of fun, and I absolutely love it. But I don't know the first thing. Like, we don't have a boat. I don't know how to drive a boat. I don't have any uh, gear. I don't have tackle. I don't, I don't know what if you should use a lure, a, use live bait, use dead bait, use shrimp, like use fish. Like, I don't know a thing when it comes to fishing. I don't know where to go, what kind of spots you should go, whether it should be inland or out. Uh, I don't even know like what kind of fish you would even catch. Like whatever comes on my line, I'm just excited about, period. And that's why I love it. It's kind of like a surprise, but I don't know anything. I absolutely need a guide to take me fishing if I was going to go do it. And so much of the Holy Spirit's work in our lives is our guide. The Holy Spirit knows our world the Holy Spirit knows us, knows ourself. The Holy Spirit knows what brings us joy. The Holy Spirit knows our purposes. The Holy Spirit knows our gifts. And it's there that the Holy Spirit can be our guide in the world. Even when it feels like we don't know anything about it, the Holy Spirit is in those moments. It's in those moments that the Holy Spirit can be at work. The Holy Spirit is our guide to those fishing spots of our lives, the spots where we can shine brightly and ignite those moments of change that we want to see. The Holy Spirit is our guide. But yet, we live our lives still so confused. Even when we have something like the Holy Spirit to be our guide, why is it that we find ourselves still so confused about what to do next, where to go, how to fish in those moments of our lives? We don't know how to take that next step, right? Have you ever felt that way? Because I find myself over and over again at that spot where, like, I just don't know what to do next. I don't know what to do next. And it's those moments then, it's in those moments that we realize that there is so many things that interfere with us listening to the guide of the Holy Spirit. There's those kinks in our own hose. We've hooked up our kinked up hose even to some dirty water spots and we're filling a tub with kinked up water that's dirty, right? 
It's not the fresh, clean water that God wants to speak into our lives. And, and I think there are three kind of, for my own life, three main voices that most of us struggle with from the outside that kink up our hose, that cause interference in our lives. And the first one that, that, that it causes us some interference, that we aren't able to listen to that internal guide, the Holy Spirit, to work in our lives. The first thing that, that kinks up our hose is, is our own self-interest. We want what we want. And when we're wanting what we want, there's, there's little room for the Holy Spirit to work and speak to tell us that there is something different. Because we get our minds so made up that we're going to do this, and yet God is, keeps nudging us and keeps telling us. But when we can make up our mind to do these things in our lives, there's not the room for the Holy Spirit to work. And it kinks up our host to live with the fresh water that the Holy Spirit wants to give to our lives. The second thing that, that I think kinks up our hose most often is our own insecurities. Our own insecurities. Those doubts that we're not good enough start to run through our mind. Those voices that say we're not smart enough. Those voices that say we're, we're, not, we're not pretty enough. The voices that say we're not good enough. We're not enough. We're just simply not enough. And when we start to listen to those voices, those kinked up hoses in our lives, I think there's two reactions that many of us have. The first then is, you know, we just simply give up. We simply just give up and we move on. And the second way I think some of us react to those voices that we're not good enough, we're not strong enough, that we can't do it is then we, we take on all of that and we're like, we're going to prove the world wrong. Like, we can do it. And when we do that, I think there's also those moments where we're so fixated on proving the world wrong. We miss those spots where, where the Holy Spirit is guiding us into something completely different that we never even imagined happening. And we miss God. We miss how the Holy Spirit is working in our lives because at the root of it, we're still insecure about who we are and whose we are. And the third thing I think that we, we get hung up on, that we get a kink in our hose, that there's interference in us listening to the guide of the Holy Spirit in our life. And it's, um, I think, one of the, the worst things uh, for your pastors, and it's, it's called people-pleasing. Pastors, we, we love for people to like us. We want people to, to be happy. And so we always are, are listening to what's going on in, in people's lives. And we, 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 just, we, can, we can run around just making people happy, but when we're, we're always listening to what everyone else thinks at all the time, we can miss what God is speaking. It's hard to listen to God when we're listening to everyone else's voice in our life. And so maybe you're struggling with people-pleasing, and you're not allowing the, God, the Holy Spirit to be your guide today. And I think those three, um, from self-interest to our insecurities— to people pleasing are probably the top three for many people. For some of us, it, it might be our, 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 our status-seeking life that we want to be known. For some of us, maybe it's our, our political affiliations are kinking up our hose to, to hearing how God is moving and guiding our lives. Or maybe it's just that we're seeking after security. We just want to feel safe. And yet it's, it's keeping us from hearing God's voice to be our guide in life so that we may produce the fruit that God has called us to. 
So what is it today? What is it today that is kinking up your hose that it's interfering with God being your guide in life today? For me, I, I, it's it's got to be insecurities. I I, I, I've always kind of deeply struggled with that of, of not feeling good enough, not feeling like I, I, I was able enough, that I was just simply enough. And so today for me, it's, it's insecurities. What is it today for you? And I think the first step for us to take, to take to move beyond having these things that interfere with our life, that kink up our hose, The first step, it's going to be an odd step, so follow me here. The first step is learning to live a life of indifference. Indifference. And I I know that that word can be strange. It sounds very strange to live a life of indifference. Because we often think indifference is passive. It's something maybe even weak. But I think it's, it's when we learn to be indifferent to those voices that we're able to live a life full of the Holy Spirit, live a life where God is, in fact, our guide. And so I want to read you this prayer, this prayer today from John Wesley. John Wesley was the founder of the, the, the Methodist movement that was bringing new life into the church in his time. And so he lived in the 18th century, and this was the words that he wrote. I am no longer my own, but yours. Put me to doing what you will. Place me with whom you will. Put me to doing, put me to suffering. Let me be put to work for you or set aside for you. Praised for you or criticized for you. Let me be full, let me be empty. Let me have all things, let me have nothing. I freely and fully surrender all things to your glory and service. And now, O wonderful and holy God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you are mine and I am yours. Amen. And you see in this prayer, this prayer is what it looks like to be indifferent. Indifferent to a life that is full of the Spirit. Let me be laid aside. If that's what you want for my life, God, let me be laid aside. Or if it's what you want my life to be full you're going to fill me, God, or I may be empty. And I am indifferent to those voices of security, of self-interest. I'm indifferent to those voices that are pulling me aside, that are kinking up my hose, that are filling me with, with the water, not with the water that you desire for me. God, make me indifferent to those voices so I can hear yours today. Make me indifferent. And I want to take you back to fishing. Again, I don't know a f- the first thing about fishing, really. I don't know what kind of boat you need. I don't know where you need to go. I don't know, know what kind of rod you need. I don't know what kind of bait you need. But when I have gone fishing and I've relied on a guide, you don't need me driving the boat. You don't, you don't want me putting bait on the line. You don't want me taking you to the right spot. When we go fishing, I'm at my best when I'm just over there on the side watching. Watching because I have a guide that's going to take me along. Take me along to those spots where the fish are going to bite. It's going to tell me what kind is the right bait, what kind is the right rod to use. 
how to cast my line in the right way, how to keep it from getting tangled with other things. When I am with the guide, you want me just sitting back on the boat. You don't want me leading in that way. And the Holy Spirit wants to work in our lives to be our guide in those moments, to be our guide so that we can be living a life that shines light and ignite change. We are better when we are just along for the ride in the boat at those spots. We are better when we aren't trying to live our own self-interest, to live out our insecurities, to make everyone else around us happy. We are at our best when we live a life indifferent to those voices so that we may hear God speak and the fruit of the Spirit may live in our lives in those ways. And so the Holy Spirit is our guide. And the second thing the Holy Spirit does is the Holy Spirit empowers us. The Holy Spirit empowers us to be better, to see the change that we want to see in our lives happen. The Holy Spirit wants us to look more like Jesus. And I think these are things that we want in our own lives, right? We want to be better. We want to change. We don't want to be the same person we are today. We want to look more like Jesus. And the Holy Spirit is at work in our lives to see those things happen, to see us be better, to see us change, to see us more, look more like Jesus. And so, again, it's, it's that same problem. It's, it's, it's almost easier said than done. But why is it that we want those things in our life and the Holy Spirit wants those things in our life that we don't see it happen? And the problem, the reason we don't see it happen is that there is interference. Again, it's that same interference. There's kinks in our hose. And so we've got to identify where those things are that are interfering in our lives. And so I, I want to read you the, the verses that we've been looking at through this whole series in Galatians 5. If you've got your Bible with you, I invite you to open up to Galatians 5. And we'll be starting at verse 17 today. A person's selfish desires are set against the Spirit. And the Spirit is set against one's selfish desires. They are opposed to each other, so you shouldn't do whatever you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you aren't under the law. The actions that are produced by selfish motives are obvious, since they include sexual immorality, moral corruption, doing whatever feels good, idolatry, drug use, and casting spells, hate, fighting, obsession, losing your temper, competitive obsession, conflict, selfishness, group rivalry, jealousy, drunkenness, partying, and other things like that. So if, if, you're, if yours isn't in this list, uh, I love how just Paul just says, others things like that, right? It's just like that Excedra thing. It's just whatever it is on your list that isn't that it didn't include is, is in this list. And he keeps going, he says, I warn you, as I have already warned you, that those who do these things won't inherit God's kingdom. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against things like this. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified self with its passion and its desires. 
And it's our selfish desires that don't want to follow God. And so Paul lays out these two lists, these, these lists of, of these selfish desires that are about us, about our own self-interest, about our insecurities, about making others feel, about making people feel happy, our people-pleasing. And so he lays these out, our selfish desires, there's our selfish desires, and then there is the power of the Spirit. The power of the Spirit. And these selfish desires interfere with the power of the Spirit at work in our lives. It interferes with it. It kinks up our hose. It fills us with the dirty water. And yet, this is what Paul says. I'm going to read it again. This is what Paul says happens to those selfish desires on the cross. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified self with its passions and its desires. Those selfish desires have been nailed to the cross. Nailed to the cross. They've been surrendered to the cross in the power of the Spirit. And when we surrender them to the cross, we can start to live a life that is fully alive, fully listening, fully awake to how God's Spirit is at work in our lives, guiding us and empowering us if we look at the example of Jesus, at the end of Jesus' life, he, he was praying in the garden near his death, near his death on the cross. And Jesus prayed to God, God, if there is another way that this should happen, if there is something else you can do in this moment, have this cup pass for me. But if it's your will, God, I will move forward. Jesus' own desires in those moments. He nailed them to the cross. He said, God, your will be done in this moment. He was praying in the garden for God's will to be done, to be indifferent to his own desires. And that same spirit that Jesus prayed that prayer lives in us. That same spirit lives in us today. And so we think about this long list that Paul tells us about moral corruption, doing whatever feels good, you know, that kind of YOLO life, hate, fighting, obsession, losing your temper, temper, conflict, partying, rivalry, jealousy, drunkenness, or whatever else. What in that list today is yours? What is yours today that needs to be nailed to the cross, to let go of your own selfish desires to hear God's spirit be our guide and to empower us to live the life that we want to see in ourselves, that God wants to see in you because God has a purpose for your life to do something even greater than you imagine today. What is it in your life? What's, what in that list is yours that you need to surrender today? And so, that's where I want us to close today. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pray for you that we can move, we can take that thing and nail it to the cross this week. Take one step today to move forward so that God can be our guide and empower us to live with the fruit of the Spirit. And so would you join me in prayer? God of grace, 
you move in our lives. You move in our lives to help us take the next step, to be our guide and empower us to live boldly. But God, we confess today that there are so many things in our lives that hold us back, that fill us up with the wrong things, that interfere with us hearing your voice clearly. And so God, we offer just one thing today, even just one thing. One thing, whether it's the jealousy that lives within our heart, our competitive nature that creates conflict and division, or it's the corruption that lives within us, that pulls us back, our abuse of substances, the anger that we live with. God, God, we take those things today and we offer them to you. We surrender them to you to be nailed to the cross that we may experience new life in them today. Free us from those. Free us from those that we may have a new start. A new start where we are able to hear your voice, that you may guide us and empower us to live a life worthy of the calling you have placed before us. God, you are asking us to take steps today. May we give it up right now to you. Lord, we love you and we thank you for loving us. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you again so much for joining us for Horizon at Home. If you've not had a chance, please connect with us by texting the word HORIZON to 94000. And we want to help you on your journey as taking this next step of faith. So again, thank you for joining us. Have a great week.